All right, now I'm recording. Good morning, everybody. How you guys doing? You guys good? Good to see everybody. Yeah, this wind is not a joke. It will take your, your notes away, and you can't even predict it. So, good morning, Grace and Mercy Church, before I get started. I'm going to read a prayer. So, would you join me? Please join me in prayer. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the reader, hearers, and keepers of this word. Amen. Revelation chapter 14, verses 1 through 5 says, I looked, and there in front of me was the Lamb. He was standing on Mount Zion. With him were 144,000 people. Written on their foreheads were, was his name and his father's name. I heard a sound from heaven. It was like the roar of rushing waters and loud thunder. The sound I heard was like the music of harps being played. Then everyone sang a new song in front of the throne. They sung it in front of the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000. They had been set free from the evil of the earth. They had not committed sexual sins with women. They had kept themselves pure. They followed the lamb wherever he goes. They were purchased from among human beings as a first offering to God and the lamb. They told no lies. They are without blame. Amen. Amen. As I said before, good morning, Grace and Mercy Church. My name is Tyrone McMorris. And I'm thankful to be here to, to talk with you as we continue in our study in the book of Revelation. Um, for those of you who don't know me yet, I'm, I'm friends with, with Pastor Scott and Mo. So that's why I'm here, because I know Scott, he, he didn't just pick some, some random dude off the street to come and share the word with you this morning. Uh, I've been friends with, with Scott and Mo for, man, for a long time now. Um, and I'm also the founder and executive director of Casino Road Kids Ministries. You've prayed for and supported the work God is doing on Casino Road through Thrill of Hope and served dinner to our Casino Road children for over four years. And uh, Casino Road Kids Ministries, we serve children between the ages of five and 11 years old through our Bible club, homework club, mentoring group, and bookmobile. Um, our mission is to bring hope and purpose to children by sharing the love of Christ through mentoring and serving. Now, to be honest with you all, be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous and excited this morning. You may ask, why am I nervous? Well, I'm nervous because this is my first time teaching from the book of Revelation. Um, the Lord has been using Scott to teach us and remind us of God's love for his church each Sunday, he speaks. So following him makes me a bit nervous because uh, he's been doing a great job. However, I'm excited to share a word this morning because God's word is good and he builds up his church with his word. Amen. So I'm looking forward to sharing a word of hope with you this morning. One of my favorite quotes is from a guy named Samuel Johnson. Samuel Johnson said, people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. 
So our text in Revelation this morning, I believe, is a, is a reminder for us of how secure we, the body of Christ, the church, God's beloved, those who put their faith in Jesus, are in God even when chaos arises. I like the title Scott chose for our study in the book of Revelation. He calls it a letter from Jesus about Jesus to churches in chaos. It's a fitting title for this book. This is a letter from Jesus to us yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Scott shared with us during his, his message in Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 through 8, that God's sealing, sealing is over his people and will protect his people during chaos. What we notice in chapter 13 is chaos and fear orchestrated by the devil. Some people chose to follow the dragon, but what will happen to the believer? What will the believer do? John gives us a beautiful picture of how God's people respond in chaos in chapters 14. Look at verse 1. Look at what John writes. He writes, I looked and there in front of me was the lamb. Do you hear what he said? He said he looked in front of him. He looked up. He didn't look around him. He didn't look down. He didn't cover his eyes. He said he looked for the Lamb of God, Jesus. Psalm 121 tells us, I look up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He won't let your foot slip. He who watches over you won't get tired. In fact, he who watches over Israel won't get tired or go to sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is like a shade tree at your right hand. The sun won't harm you during the day. The moon won't harm you during the night. The Lord will keep you from every kind of harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your life no matter where you go, both now and forever. Who do you look for when you hear bad news? Who do you look for when you hear bad news from the doctor? Who do you look to when your child or your children are acting out? Who do you look to when someone slanders your name? Let's be people who lift our eyes to heaven to the throne of God from where our help comes. In the middle of crisis, in the middle of trials, in the middle of pressure by the enemy to deny God, we must be people who look to the Lamb. We look up to heaven because our God is there. He is on his throne. He is the one in control of what happens to you. He's in control of what happens to me. He holds the end in his sight. He's already claimed the victory over death. When we look to God, we remind our soul and we declare to the enemy that our God is our help. He is our rock. God is the one we revere, not the scare tactics 
of the enemy. We look to Jesus because he is the Lord of all. He is the ruler of this universe. Jesus rules the church. John said the lamb was standing on Mount Zion and with him were 144,000 people. In the last chapter, the Antichrist is described with his followers and his worshipers as exercising tyranny and cruelty upon the saints. And it's here that Christ and his followers are represented in a vision with the happiness of those who belong to the lamb. And of him, it is here said that he is on the throne and stands on Mount Zion. One commentary writer mentions the meaning of Zion saying it can refer to God's dwelling in the temple or be a symbol for the people of God. However, it most commonly refers to the city that God will establish and rule over at the end of age. See, Jesus instructs John to write to remind us that Jesus is the rightful ruler and the only king of the church, not the dragon, not evil, not Satan. Many people went after the beast, but not the 144,000. This is the 144,000 Scott spoke about back in Revelation chapter 7. These are the believers who are sealed as God's own. They are who did not bow a knee to the beast, chase after the Antichrist. They were not led astray by lies. They stayed faithful to the one true God. What I find interesting is people make a lot of talk about the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? What's the mark? However, we don't hear a lot of people talking about the writing on the foreheads of the 144,000. See, I don't believe this writing on the 144,000 to be a visible writing as a Nike swoosh or some tattoos. This writing brings to mind the words of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter six. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and to constantly keep God's word before us. See, believers bear the mark of the Spirit's work in their lives by how they live how they obey the Lord, how they use wisdom to discern times, how they persevere through challenges. They don't fall for the devil's tricks or schemes. Believers are alert and watchful. In chaos, the people of God are reminded to look to God. It is God who will be our shelter during tough times. It is Jesus who is the savior of our souls. He is the lamb of God who took our sin away. His blood is powerful to cover our sin yesterday, today, and forever. We remind ourselves of this truth when we look to God. We also need to praise God during chaos. Our praise reminds our soul and minds of God's promises. His promise to be with us, to save us, to walk with us through the hills and the valleys. We praise the Lord when things get tough. We praise God when things are going well. We praise God because we know he is the king on the throne. He determines what happens to our life. He will fight for us. He will equip us to fight when we need to. He will cover us from the lies, the attacks, the darts that the enemy throws. He is with us in the midst of chaos. The cool thing about our praise to God is that the enemy can't learn our song. The enemy can't learn our praise. This text tells us that the praise of God's people is powerful. It said it sound like a rushing river. 
like rushing water, thunder, and it sounded awesome like harps. This song is new and sung before the throne in front of the four living creatures and the elders. Here's the new song recorded in Revelation chapter five. You are worthy to take the scroll and break open its seals. You are worthy because you were put to death. With your blood, you bought people for God. They come from every tribe, people and nation, no matter what language they speak. You have made them members of a royal family. You have made them priests to serve our God. They will rule the earth. Amen. Man, we praise Jesus because he is worthy. He is worthy to judge the living and the dead because God has chose him. We praise Jesus because he died for our sin. We praise Jesus because in his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he is Lord. He has reconciled us to God by his death on the cross. He defeated death when he rose from the grave. We praise him with our hearts, even in chaos, because he is good. And it's in this praise that it calms our spirit, our mind, and our nerves when trouble comes around us. I remember in the Old Testament when King Saul was troubled, his spirit was troubled, and it said that David played the harp for him to calm him. How often do you just praise God? Are you going through some trouble today? Do you have something that's on your mind causing stress? May I encourage you to just stop and praise Jesus for he is with you. And lastly, John lets the readers know who it is that did not follow the evil one. The 144,000 kept themselves, he says, from idolatry, from following sorcery, idols, or superstition. They chose to follow Jesus. They followed the Lamb of God, the way, the truth, and the life, the good shepherd. They followed the one who laid down his life on the cross to reconcile us to God. The one who defeated death, who sits on the throne, ruling the world, the universe, the cosmos. Jesus rules everything. They decided in their hearts, and they showed it with their actions that they will follow Jesus wherever he leads them. It's interesting. John says they follow him wherever he led them. Kind of a reminder of how the children of Israel were led through the wilderness by God's presence as they exited Egypt. See, even believers are willing to follow Jesus, even if it means that we got to go to a desert. Even if it means we got to go through a wilderness, even if it means we got to go through a valley, even if we got, even if we're exiled. And it's interesting because John was exiled while he penned this letter. I'm willing to follow Jesus. There's a cool song by, by Torn Wells called Hills and Valleys, and I love it. Because he said that God 
that, that I, get to, I get to praise and bow my life to on the mountain, he's also with me in the valley. He's walking with me. See, that's the God that I serve. See, that's the God that I know that you serve. See, that's the God that I know that the 144,000 serve. We decide to follow Jesus because he is good and his way is right. See, it is, it is us, it is those who follow Jesus who sing the new song, who have God in Jesus' name written on them. See, we speak the truth to one another, and we don't lie to get ahead, or we don't lie so we don't get harmed. No, we stand on the truth knowing that our God is with us, that our God is the ruler. My, my, my reminder to us this morning, sorry, my reminder to us this morning is something Scott said a few months ago. He said to never lose sight of the one who seals us. Let us remember to look to Jesus at all times. He is the king. He is the savior of our soul. He is coming back for us to spend eternity with his people. Let us look to Christ in hope praise, faith, and love. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, it's in your name that, that, we, that we gather here this morning. Lord, we gather in your name with, man, millions of other believers around the world, God. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we, we confess and we acknowledge that you're Lord, that you're mighty to save. And we thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, God. And as we look at our lives, God, we, we praise you for the good times. We praise you for the tough times. And, and we ask that you walk with us and remind us to praise you in all situations, God, from if it's our health, our finances, our family, children, school, work, COVID-19, whatever it is, Lord, we praise you and we seek you for wisdom and we seek you for rescue. We seek you for direction. And we thank you that you love us so much that, that you demonstrated your love for us by dying. And we're thankful that you are alive and you're ruling on the throne in Jesus' name. We pray these things. Amen. Amen. Now this morning, um, we're going to enter in a time of communion. And we celebrate communion together to remember that Jesus' death on the cross paid for our sin once and for all. And brought us peace with God. We, we come to the communion table to thank God for his amazing grace towards us by sending his one and only son to die on the cross for us. We have peace with God because of Jesus' work on the cross. And when we place our faith in Jesus, we have peace with God. So we can come to receive communion out of gratitude and reverence. Now, before Jesus died, he met with, he met with his his. Uh, his 11 friends for one last meal. And it was during this meal, Luke chapter 22, verse 19 through 20 says this. 
And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Luke goes on and says, and likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let's take the cup together. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for sending us your one and only son. It is in his name we have forgiveness of sins, new life, peace, hope, and your spirit in us. And we echo what the disciples and others say. Hosanna. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the throne of the Lord. We love you and we worship you only. In Jesus' name, amen.